Yo, podcast family, listen, thank you for tuning in to the Albert Tate Podcast. I'm so excited. This week, we, the season is all about moments that shaped you. This week, we talk about sex, and we talk about how sex shapes us. Um, I remember being introduced to sex um, when I was a child by way of pornography, and how that then impacted how I saw sex. It tainted the, the healthy, beautiful vision that God created it to be and turned it into something else. My special guest today knows all about having sex well, not about having sex. Oh, I said that wrong. Anyway, whatever. He, he's, I don't know how to explain him. His name is Craig Gross. Uh, uh, he's the founder and creator of TripleXChurch.com, and he's done a lot of work with men and women and couples who struggle with pornography, trying to cast a vision for a healthy sexuality and what a healthy sex life looks like. So listen, if you're single, if you're married, we are talking about sex today and all the wrong ways this can be done and all the right ways that God has painted it to be. Moments that shaped us, Craig Gross, I'm already thinking I'm in trouble already. So we might have to hurry up and listen to this episode before we have to pull it down. Craig Gross, ladies and gentlemen, watch this. Stadia has had the honor of helping hundreds of great leaders start new churches. We have a passionate desire to make sure that every child on the planet can experience the overwhelming love of Jesus Christ through the local church. This vision compels us to ask one very important question. Who's next? Who are the leaders that God is raising up to plant new churches? Who are the leaders that, that will answer the call to say, I'll follow, I'll raise up this generation, the next generation to know Jesus Christ and to change the world forever? Are you ready to start your church planting journey? Perhaps you know someone who is. Stadia is ready to help, and we'll be with you every step of the way, because we won't stop until every child has a church. Yo, we got Craig Gross in the building. Craig, my man. What's happening? Dude, so good to have you here. Fun. We're gonna have a fun conversation about sex and a little bit of everything else, right? I was saying, telling you before, my mom loves this church. I almost brought her, but then I was like, no, we're talking about sex on this podcast. Mom, you can't sit in It'd on this. It'd be a little awkward uh, for mom, but mom, I love you too, girl. <laughs> it is awesome, awesome. Back in church. So I kind of want to do a little, I remember being a young kid um, in youth group. Um, not, and well, no, 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 I wasn't that young, but I remember when Triple X ch Church, I was in Mississippi. Okay. I just started hearing about Triple X Church and man, I was sending all the youth group kids there to set up accountability stuff and all that. How did you get into Triple X Church? Tell me how this concept came about, how y'all came up with this idea. Yeah, I mean, the, the crazy thing is, so I, I ran youth conferences. I was oh. a youth pastor up in Fullerton at Eastside Christian Church. Thought that's what I do the rest of my life. Um, from there, started speaking ministry and then started putting on our own youth conferences. So. Um, There's a guy, Mike Foster, that was uh, in a Pulse Praise band. He was like our, our, our worship go-to band. So we were doing conferences all over the country. Uh, we were doing week-long conferences for kids at, in, uh, in Palm Springs. So one day we're all sitting at P.F. Chang's just in Orange County, me and Mike sitting there. And we had, at this recent event, we wrote this talk about porn. So Mike's mm. there, he's doing worship. and he. It was, it was at that day and age where like AOL had just kind of come out. You had those five hours of free internet. Oh, yeah. And so I wrote this talk that it was more of this kind of drama, skit, comedy thing that we were doing. But 
it was like what every kid was going through. They got the trial. They signed up for the free thing. They forgot to cancel the, the credit card. Now their mom's seeing their charge <laughs> on a credit card. So when we did that, like at camps, people were like, oh my goodness, how did they know? Like, cause that situation happened to every kid back in that day. Wow. And so Mike and I, as we were talking, it was just like, um, we were actually about to head out for 20 something youth conferences uh, with a company out of Joplin, Missouri that summer, just me and my friend Jake. And as we're sitting there, we're like, okay, you know, the youth pastor idea, we're like, well, we, we got asked to do this porn talk 20 something times in front of like 25,000 kids. And that's when we just said, hey, we should make a website. At the time, it was like 2000, this is early 2001. What do we know about websites? And so as Mike and I were sitting there talking, it was just this idea of, well, dude, I'll just, I don't know, we'll get to that later. Let's just make a t-shirt and at the end of my talk, I'll wear the t-shirt and we'll just direct people to the website and it'll say coming soon. So the joke was like, we're youth pastors, we know how to make t-shirts, but um, we'll see. So that summer, we just, as we hit the road and it was weird that we got asked to do that. So what we kind of found was there was an opportunity that people wanted to hear about this conversation nobody was having. Mm. It wasn't in the main church, it was in, with the youth. Yeah. But then from there, we just thought, man, there's an opportunity to create a safe place online that could get people help. So. I went from focusing on Christian kids all summer long to listening to Howard Stern and he was talking about a porn show and a porn show that was going to happen in January. I knew nothing about that world. So that's when my mind started spinning of going, dude, we want to hit the audience, the Christian audience. That's easy. We can find that audience really easy. That's what we know really well. But what about this Howard Stern audience over here at a porn show? Mm. And could we create a site that would attract both like the secular people, the Christian people? And we actually originally thought do we need a different name that doesn't have church in it and we just thought no let's keep this name but let's go try and reach these people and try and bring these people as well had no idea obviously the controversy the fallout the the craziness that would ensue after launching this out of porn show but the original idea was hey we're youth pastors we want to help youth and this was what youth were were after at the time so you guys launched it at a porn show yeah, so we called up. So, you know, I called up. I remember, like, I called up the company that put this on. Howard Stern said he'd be there for five days interviewing all the porn stars. I've been to youth pastor conferences. I've been to, you know, events like that. I've been to baseball card shows. But the thought of what is a porn show? And at the time, it was the same week as the electronic show. I'd heard of that. Mm. And it was like, okay, it sounds like this, not free for all, because there's rules. It's in a convention center. It's not like just a sex fest. But it's right. a, it's a, it's, porn stars are on display their products are on display well i bet we would stand out if we showed up in that circle and <laughs> like you know i mean you know like when you have a good idea and then you know like sometimes when you're like okay let's lay low yeah because if i launched if i let them know everything like they ask very little questions like mm. what do you guys have triple that could be a number of things mm. and it said coming soon so our literally the scariest part of this whole thing wasn't even getting to the porn show. Getting to the porn show was easy. Putting the website live once we're standing in the porn show because we felt like that now turns the switch to say, no, we're not really in favor of all this. We're actually here to help. So and when the site went yourself. live and we're out there, but it didn't matter. Like literally the lady from the ABC News came and LA Times right away and they're like, you guys are the most interesting booth here. We knew that because it's not, it's interesting, it's creative. But what we didn't know is it's also very easy to put on media compared to the sex toy booth next to us. Yeah. Like, or the porn star. Like, it's a story that you can tell. Yeah, you can tell the story the with, sh news. with showing the images that are going to get viewers, 
but like pastors at a porn show. Yeah. But we had no idea how press works, what that would look like. Like I said, this was an afterthought, you know, conversation. Hey, we should do this. And didn't think for the next 17 years, you know, this is where I'd spend day in and day out of my time. Um, at the time, it was, oh, this is fun. Let's launch a website. So who comes up? How did, how did y'all come up with the name Triple X Church? Is that y'all on a napkin? And what were the names that didn't make it? You know what I mean? Oh, like, no. <laughs> porn it. I mean, I, some of these, I don't want to give out the websites now. There's probably porn sites. But it, I remember we're like porn, like literally pornindustries.org. And we're like, that would be our secular version. But, um, you know, and we had all these slogans like that. Number one, like our first shirt actually said triplexshirts.com. Our first banner is still in my garage. Said triplexshirts.com, the number one Christian porn site. And we're like, wow. what's number two? There isn't. So we're number one. And that's why I was like, hey, just do something no one else is doing. But I think we really, like, as we went back and forth with the idea of like XXX Church, and to this day, I mean, I've done a number of other things in my mind. Like, whenever I have an idea, I have right now in my GoDaddy account 335 domain names because I'm like, I remember when Mike and I were sitting there at P.F. Chang's, there was no mobile phones. And right. no, I was like, I can't finish this meal quick enough. We got to get down to, back in the day, it was before GoDaddy, it was like Netstar Register, and see if this, because I hate talking about an idea that and like, you get in the, and you're like, oh, somebody's already doing yeah, it. Or yeah, like, yeah. I, can, I can be okay if it's sites for sale. Yeah. But if somebody's already developed this, then we go home and you're like, that's why even, you know, last night, there's something I was thinking of. I was like, wait, that site's available? Um, and did you did you buy a site last last night? Yeah, yeah. It was uh, oh my buddy's doing a real estate course, and I was like, dude, free real estate hacks. I was like, that can't be available. And it was just one of those things. It was like I hate talking about something where you're like, dude, just put it on this dot com. So you bought free real estate hacks last night? Yeah, for my friend, because I was like, dude, this yeah. Or like we were doing a five day marriage challenge the other day. I was like, five day marriage. There's a lot of dot coms that are hard to get now. Right. So when I found Triple X Church and it was available for nine dollars, you're like, all right. We didn't buy all the misspellings, which we should have. So now all those lead to porn sites. But oh, uh, all the misspellings lead to a porn site. That's how they do so well, because it's like four X Church. You know, if you type in too many X, think about it, like all the mistakes you could make. Yeah. I mean, especially when you're trying to type it really quick. Yeah, and then before you're the like, door opens. Yeah. <laughs> or you know, any churches I go to, they're like, "Please welcome Craig from XXX.com," and you're like, "Guys, you've just, just you don't you've just do that. promoted." You've <laughs> <laughs> like, so that's. I think we just went with it. And so take me back to the the porn show. You guys are there. Like the obvious question, you probably answered this millions of times. How do you not create struggles for your own personal? holiness in in like how do you not like you're walking around porn stuff all this yeah. stuff how does that how do you not get the the cooties how do you not get yeah. you know how does the the sin not get on you how does it yeah. you know what i mean how do you keep yourself yeah and i would say as you've been in it as we've been in it longer it's easier yeah. the first time we're like we're so overwhelmed we're fearful we're scared not of like what we're going to see, of just like, are we going to get thrown out? Are they going to like us? How's this yeah. going to respond? Are we going to say the right thing? You know, you're balancing a very odd yeah. conversation because nobody's done this before you. Yeah. So I think a lot of that, though, kept you away from, like, you're, you're kind of more heightened and, and amped up. As we've stayed in it longer, Yeah. obviously, like, one way is, I don't do this every week. You know, I do, personally, now I do the Chicago show and the Vegas show. Um, and so doing a couple a year, every weekend I wouldn't want to be in that room. Yeah. Um, there, there's also context, like 
I can go in a room and the emails and the phone conversations, what's sitting just in my inbox is a, shines a kind of a flashlight on the reality of this. So you walk in a room, you're like, oh, it's not real. That porn star actually emailed us and talked about how she wants out and now she's signing autographs. She looks all this, but we could see the deadness in her eyes. Mm. You can see that these people here, the conflict, you can, um, you see how the emails and the phone calls and the couples you've sat with that have brought this in that are in, in, are devastated. So you have a different filter, a different lens. Yeah. And you're also going, okay, cool. So many people are praying, they're fasting. We're, we're taking this seriously where no one's just, oh, I'm off to the porn show today. Like, you know, whether it's family, whether it's friends, it's accountability, other people are there. And I think you and I, like, if, if I read about something in the tabloids that happens with you, it's probably not going to be a public. It's probably going to be behind closed doors yeah, yeah. where we all, you know, mess up. Yeah. Not where Ministry LA like. Times is following you around. It's pretty easy to be like, okay, like, yeah, we're good here. Yeah. Um, and this is a, it's the one question I get. I don't have this quick response, but the third year I was there, I went over the electronic show because I was like, I need a break. And so I don't go through the porn show. We stay at our booth. We don't go anywhere by ourselves. The women can. But for us, it's just like there's people around. You're wearing a T-shirt. It's probably the last place. And you're not caught off guard. Yeah. If we're at the supermarket and all of a sudden the swimsuit issue like shows up and you're like, oh, or you're at an airport and no one's around. Yeah, you're like, oh, let me. Yeah. But you're here and you're like, okay, I'm going to expect this. But yeah. I'm at uh, the electronic show because I'm like a geek and I'm like, I'm going to go look at phones. All the playmates were there. And a part of me is like, how did they sneak over from the porn <laughs> show? But the reality is Playmates aren't porn. It's like mainstream. So they're signing at some geek gadget booth. And I found myself going, this is way more attractive. They actually have clothes on. Yeah. They're in bikinis. They're great looking. And they're signing around gadgets. And I found myself just stopped and sat there. And I was literally like, I got to get back to the porn show. Um, <laughs> Because like by I'm, my, I'm about to stumble. <laughs> I got to get back to the porn show before I sin. No, but it was one of those like when you're caught off guard and you're there by yourself, no, and then you're going. Makes sense. And then there's also I don't want to be too graphic, but there's something about beauty versus like the way porn's gotten over the last several years, like a 20 foot display of just the woman's zoomed in private part. To me, like I'd rather see somebody in a swimsuit yeah. looking beautiful than like a zoomed in. It's yeah. gotten so gross and so over the top and then one more thing and this kind of puts it probably in better context a buddy of mine said he started working for us said hey we used to do youth conferences together and uh he's like but i can never go to a porn show it's fine you don't have, it's not requirement yeah. but i would say people that have struggled if you saw the context of what happens in a porn show this would actually help you it'll give perspective so anyways he's like i can't do it but after a couple of years he's like okay i want to see this so he comes to the porn show and we're sitting there literally across from us is a girl signing autographs and you see it like that's kind of the deadness in their eyes you see the fake like oh, i love you but you're like so she looks over at us and then she says to him she comes over and starts talking and my buddy jake was with me that used to do this craig and jake speaking dig gig together and then ryan was a youth pastor and she's like craig and jake ryan and he's like what she's like you are my youth pastor no so way. then we all were talking about a youth camp that Jake and I spoke at in Ryan's youth group 
and now she's a porn star. So all of us can go, okay, we need to quit our jobs right now because like that, none of that works. Worst, worst youth mask <laughs> ever. Yeah, but we're like, but then Ryan literally, I remember him walking out of the show and he said to me, I don't know how you do this. And it was one of those like, you thought I, you couldn't do this for the simple reason of boobs and this in your face. The reason you can't do this, because this is way darker and deeper. Like, this mm. girl was in your youth ministry, and she's sitting here now signing videos where she's had sex on camera. Like, there's something, like, that hurts. Wow. And that's where it was like, yeah, this stuff. So I think our team and the people that come with us, they have a different lens. And um, it's wild, man. We took a porn star that just left the industry five years ago back to Vegas for the first time this year. And I'm always amazed, like, why you would want to go back. And how hard that's going to be. You know, I was talking to her husband on what that's like. She was a, a huge star and now she's back. But I watched her, how she had an impact like we could never have because, mm. but then I was like, Brittany, the fact that you're back here, like you could be so many other places, but it's always wild to me, the people that are drawn into those rooms. And that's why I just go, man, when we're on the sideline critiquing, oh, I can't believe he did that or that. I'm telling you, like I've seen God work in ways through people that Man, it's just, yeah, it's, it, it, they've taken a leap of faith or we've done something. And you could be scared, but you could also go, man, I know, I know there's an opportunity here and I know there's a way to do this. Man, it might not be right. We might have mm. made mistakes here and there on, hey, we tried this approach, but we're trying. And I think that's the idea of, like, we're not scared. So now that you're there and they know who you are, it's not like that first time, they know who you guys are. Are they still open to y'all being there? Are they excited to about a partnership with you guys or is it hostile is it tense is, is there tension yeah i i don't i mean so so i've been doing this since 2002 so you know because you were saying when you first heard of us so like oh four oh five oh six when that there there's this thing happened with obviously like rob bell craig Rochelle, bill hybels there's a series of influential pastors that open up their churches to us hmm. so that led to so many other churches but that also led to this debate from people like focus on the family that were like oh they're crazy and it, and i was like look i want to go where the doors are open wait a minute focus on the family didn't love you guys no they had us on the radio oh show God. for ratings and then they actually like the church is so weird when you're i mean you like focus luckily they're done in that day of but there was a day and age that we lived in not too long ago when people would actually call to have us speak and then their elders would call Focus to see if Focus has the stamp of approval on this ministry. Oh, wow. And I was like, this happens? Like, wow, it's like the mafia. You and know? I'm like, what? So one day I got canceled for a church in Indiana. And like I said, I don't like to lose. It wasn't even about the gig. I was like, why, why are we, what happened? Oh, we got a letter from Focus. I was like, can you send me that letter? I'd like to know what they're saying about us. So one time I was in Colorado Springs and I happened to go to Focus and I tried to find the person that wrote this letter and they used the word constituencies. Like we have certain things that, you know, when people think of Focus, they don't think of Jesus Loves Porn Stars. So they basically wrote a letter saying, while we admire the work that they do, we can help you here at Focus. And I was like, you have no articles on porn. You've never talked wow. about this. So I asked to meet the person that wrote this letter it was funny because the lady at the front had just heard me speak at her church in Colorado. She's like, that's awesome. We're working with you guys now. I was like, oh, you're not. Like, no, you're and then not. like five minutes later, I was actually asked, escorted out of the building. No way. And um, they were like, they called security. And I was like, I couldn't even go on the Focus tour. It was like, please leave. I was like, guys, I just want to know why you're writing letters. 
about, like, I don't write letters about you, even though you ruined my eighth grade year when my dad played me James Dobson tapes on the way to school talking about sex. <laughs> like, I had to listen to that. I didn't write a letter to you about that. <laughs> like, that's what I had to go through, and now you're writing letters about, like, just, just stay in your lane. Like, and they just asked us to leave. And since then, I actually met with Jim Daly, like the new president, and we don't have a formal partnership, but I yeah. think there's... I, I got a chance to sit and talk with Jim one time. He's a, he seems like a cool guy. Yeah, it was funny going back in his office. I'm like, I actually I'm, I'm in back in the now, office baby. now. See, I'm not giving it. But I, we've had those run-ins. I was telling you off-camera about things where we've ruffled enough feathers. And part of it's just like, I don't care. You don't have to understand everything we do. Yeah. I'm going to continue, though, to go in these places where I know there's opportunities. So the guy that runs four of the most popular porn shows in the world used to do home and garden and events shows. Got into porn for money. I knew his family. Um, you know, we've been and my Carl, who's on our team, has been to his kids' birthday parties. So we have real relationships with these people that they really like having us around. They see really? the need. So he has us sponsor the show. We sponsor all the Exotica shows. Now people would say, "Why does Triple X Church sponsor it?" We get in crap for that. Like you sponsor a porn show, you give this guy more money. And our sponsorship looks a little different than like I don't need advertising on your website. I don't need your email list. The way we sponsor his porn show is his hotties room that's behind the scenes. At all his shows, he has a room that only the porn stars or the hired talent can go to to get away from the stage where they're being touched or, you know, yeah. asked for photos. It's a safe place. So we sponsor the hottie. We sponsor the show, which means we take care of the hotties room. So we have a team of women that are doing hair and makeup and food. Nobody sees it. Nobody like but our sponsorship basically gives us in that room where he goes, I know you guys will take care of these girls. Mm. And it's not like talking them out of the industry or talking them out of their job. It's just, it's care and concern for them. Mm. And so when people go, why would you sponsor a show? Because we like what Jay, we like him as a person. He gives us opportunities that you guys don't need to necessarily know about. And we like being here because he likes having us. When we're mm. not, whether it's a church or a porn show, if somebody was like up against us, like, well, I'll let you guys in. Like it wouldn't, man, I want to go where it's easy. Yeah. And that opportunity is there. Like we don't, we're not best friends with everybody, but there's enough solid relationships in 17 years of track record that people respect us. And they know that we're not just here for a story, but we're going to be coming back. Well, you got further with them than you did with Focus on the Family. Yeah. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> dang, those dang letters. I, I wish I ever got letters to Triple X Church. Craig, what do you think about this? I right, wish I right, could write. Like, right. what do you think of Albert? Uh, all right. Well, Based off of Triple X Church, here's, we endorse Albert Tate. Like, why this? Oh, my goodness. But Dude, you that's get crazy. It. Like, that's crazy. What have you seen God do? That's a couple of testimonies. Uh, because the controversy, the all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, I'd imagine, Craig, God was up to something that day at P.F. Chang's, stirring in you, your heart as a youth pastor. What have you seen God do throughout the years of this kind of labor and investment in this ministry? I think it's good. Um, I mean, this is fresh because this is even a conversation last night with my wife um, where we're trying to, like, she actually said to me, Craig, you're wasting your time. We're trying to solve this problem with marriages. You know, when porn comes into your marriage, and, and so we have this new product, and we ha we've been testing it through this Facebook group, and I'm just frustrated. And she's like, you're wasting your time. Like, literally, like, this isn't going to work. It's so hard for people to hear. You know, it's just one, like, we've been up against not only the, the controversy, 
isn't what gets me. It's the challenges of like what we're trying to do mm. is save marriages and what we're up against. And I think I would say for me personally, like the humbling of like, oh, cool, you can launch something and get you know 100 million people on your website and you know New York Times and all this great stuff. But at the end of the day, it's super humbling when like we're still 17 years into this going, that's not going to work. Or we're still we're still after like mm. this is so hard. Yeah. And for me, I'm like, I'm 42. I was like, I want to work smarter, not harder. Um, and I think the humbling idea of like. Gosh, yeah, you're the porn guy, but it's like, no, no, it's been so hard. Mm. And the what we started this with so many years ago and where we're at today, 17 years later, yeah, we've learned a lot, but we're still focused on that same thing. It's like, how do we, how do we help people? And it's, 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 a, it keeps us up at night, you yeah. know? And I think for, for me to keep, yeah, I, th I think if I did something easier, if I did something that didn't have this kind of, even shame attached to it. Yeah. Um, gosh, that could easily go to my head or, oh, I'm this and that. But yeah. it's like that humbling of me for me personally to go, gosh, you got to continue to, to work and trust, you know, and put your faith here to, to, to know that, man, you are making a dent. You yeah. know, the fact that it took five years for us at a porn show to have one porn star leave the industry and give their life to the Lord. Like, you know, I joke with people that have come and gone through our ministry over the years. Like, you didn't stay long enough to see that. Hmm. And so for me, man, I don't know, maybe it's five more years. Like I've had enough things happen where God's yeah. shown himself faithful in 17 years to make up for the really hard struggle. But you well, see that. Um, well, for the woman that left and then when she goes back and the opportunity for her to be a witness and a minister to other women that are in it is just like who else can do that? Yeah, it's it's and even this, I mean, this one's this one's harder and um you know, I've been friends with Ron Jeremy for years. Um, I think, the, you know, the, at the time, the biggest male porn star there is. And we've started debating around the country. And so we, we struck up this conversation, this great friendship. And, you know, been on a seven-day tour with him, done, done a number of things with him. And I think he, um, when he had that point in his life where he almost died, had a 30% chance that he wouldn't live with this aortic aneurysm. And he called, asked him for prayer. And so we've gone through a lot together. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I think God's, you know, bring him, he's spoken to a number of churches with me in the debate. So it's been this interesting story. Mm. This year at the AVN, something that I never would have thought in a million years. Like, when I started this was when Ron was on Surreal Life with Vanilla Ice at yes. the height of his. Yes. So here I am 17 years later at the Hard Rock Hotel in January, and I literally see Ron Jeremy's photo on the security guys at the Hard Rock Hotel's um, like piece of paper, it was like, do not enter. And Ron is across the street at the Aria's Suites and Hotel, which is like a $39 crappy hotel. The porn show where this guy's given 40 years of his life to this industry. But because of this Me Too movement and different allegations in you know Hollywood, there's been people that have come out against Ron and have said some things, which He's at a porn show and he might have taken some liberties here or there, but you're like, it's kind of weird because it's like there's people getting spanked and hit, and now Ron's signing somebody's breast that they wanted signed, but in Hollywood, you know, it's like this is a different world, yeah. porn and Hollywood, and and yeah. so I, I don't want to defend Ron, but I also go, so they he wasn't allowed to be at the porn show this year, banned, wow, but he was still in Vegas, and so my friend Brandon and Rachel. Um, 
we all went over and brought him a sandwich and saw him at the at the hotel. And I said, man, I've seen Ron in dark, lowest moments, you know, on his deathbed almost. But seeing him there and like here where you have this opportunity and this guy's across the street and he he can't come in. And I go, that's I mean, all of us just kind of left there going, man, it's sad. But it's also I said, maybe this is what Ron needs in his life to know the one thing you gave your life to for so many years, like they don't want anything to do with you now. Mm. And that might be his wake up call. Like, wow, his heart stopping wasn't. But this idea of like, they won't let me in this room. And they, like those kind of things that like we wouldn't pub like we haven't shared. And when you see God doing that and like us walking away from the suites, you know, with a pastor friend of mine from Pasadena and Rachel from CCV being able to witness that and you're like man that's why we're here like i don't care what the haters say like that's why we're it's here. these relationships and when you see the pain that people are carrying around whether it's ron jeremy or some other porn star or a consumer man if we just wait for these people to show up on a sunday at a church we might be waiting too long so the, the mm -hmm. fact that we can be out there uh, you, you're grateful for those things and, yeah. and then um yeah i think those those are the the moments when I feel like I needed a few of those over the years to keep at it because otherwise yeah. you're like, oh, like it's just people don't want help. People when it comes to this stuff, there's a lot of people that just talk all day long, but they mm. don't make any changes. Wow. And, you know, it's that's what gets me down. But mm. there's a there's a guy who's struggling with pornography um, right now watching, listening to us top three, four things he needs to do to get out. What advice do you give him? Um, and this guy married? Um, yes. Okay. You say he's married, yeah. Um, so I think, I mean, if we talk, we're going to talk about sex, porn, yeah. all these issues. Yeah. To me, it's more about communication and less about, like, you call it the medication. Because I think, you know, porn is, is medicating some wound or some... Yeah you know, it's masking something, whether yeah. it's trauma, whether it's pain, whether it's your marriage, like there's something broken and this feels good, you know, mm. whether it's drugs or whether it's food or whether it's, you know, alcohol or porn. I think sometimes we beat, we beat up on the issue of porn and I go, man, let's back up. Like, so for that guy, you know, I'm going to back up and go, gosh, I think the first thing you've got to do is ask yourself, why am I looking at porn? Mm. Um, is it because of, you know, trauma? Is it because of pain? Is it because of, like, what's it fulfilling? And those are deeper questions of, like, so when I go to, like, ask yourself, you know, when I go to porn, it's normally because I'm lonely or I'm depressed or I'm, I'm angry. And I think when you can start asking yourself those questions, you can get that idea of, like, gosh, I'm, I've got to fix this, not just, I think we sometimes, especially in the church, just, oh, remove porn, take this out, block you, do yeah. this. Yeah. And it's like, well, if that never heals the heart. Um, and so I think, that self-discovery of why, asking yourself why. Second thing is like figuring out, yeah, that the when and the, the where, yeah. So I, I, I reach out to this, you know, at these moments because then you can start to see like, okay. See the patterns and the rhythms, yeah. Yeah, and then the, the hardest thing is then to decide like, well, who? Like, who can I actually talk to? I'm safe place in our website. People go to us all the time. But like without a relationship or a follow-up, and so that's the barrier block. Like that's where when my wife and I were, were talking about this last night, why she said I was wasting my time with this product. We actually came up with this product that only is going to work if you tell your wife. And so we, we surveyed these guys that, that said, hey, how many of you are going through this journey with your wife? And like 60% said they are. But I was like, how come you didn't invite your wife 
into this Facebook group that we have for the women to help them. So you're really not. So I think if you can't talk to your wife or a friend, maybe a friend or a mentor or a pastor first, you've got to talk to somebody in real life. And I think that's where all the excuses, oh, well, I'm a this, I'm a that, I can't yeah. do that. I don't care. You've got to. Yeah. And I think if you really want help, I mean, I, I, was, I was one watching Tiger, you know, this past week going, I wonder if he's going to win. But in my gut, this guy's never going to win another tournament. Hmm. I don't think because of his health problems. I think this guy, like, you connect the dots of, like, guy hasn't won a tournament since all this stuff, like, checked out of rehab real early. Like, he's still carrying around this stuff that's obviously not just affecting his golf game, but so much more. And I hmm. think these guys that won't make that next move to not come public, like, on a stage, but ask for help. Accountability. And then if you don't bring your wife in on this, I don't think your marriage is going to heal because your wife's taking on so many different, you know, emotional scars because of this. Well, mm. I don't look like this. And it's not even about any of that. But then if you don't have a, well, hey, I'd like sex more with you. Mm. I would like, you know, you know, there's hurt and pain. And if the marriage doesn't, um, isn't able to work through this, then, okay, the guy, the guy's never going to fully, like your wife doesn't want to be your mom or your helper in this, but I think she's got to be a part of it. She's got to be a part of it. And yeah. I think she's, she's, you've got to help her understand that this doesn't have anything to do with her. But how to do that though? Cause that's the biggest co- disconnect. Ha- having, um, the wife or the woman understand that it's not about this other woman in her breast, in her, her, her body, her hair. So she's thinking, oh, so you want a, you want a blonde with, yeah. you know what I mean, with size triple Zs. <laughs> Is that what you want me to do? You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, no, that could have been a, a pole that smiled at me at that moment. Yeah. It's just, it, it has everything to do with my depravity, yeah. not necessarily your physique or how you're yeah. shaped. How do you get that disconnect? Because it's, we're so hardwired oh, differently. We yeah. are, but like when you look at, and, and not just to talk about celebrities, but like, TMZ, like we've, these are all stories we know. And this is what hits my inbox. When Kurt Franklin went on Oprah years ago, and they're like, you know, he's talking about throwing away porn in the trash. And then you're like, his wife's beautiful. Has nothing to do with how beautiful it is. When you look at the prostitutes Tiger was with compared to his wife, like what? When you look at like Kevin Hart getting, (laughs) you know, caught with a stripper uh, versus his wife, you're like, it doesn't make sense. Because so I think for women to first see that, that it's not a, he did that because they look better. Half the time, they look worse. They, like, they usually yeah, look worse. And you're with a, you know, a prostitute where yeah. you're like, no, this is because you're chasing something that's easier and it's, you know, porn is in your pocket. It's 24-7 or I can go do this and there's not a deeper connection. I think what most men want is that deeper connection. What happens is you bring porn in the window, the walls go up with the wife, she gets angry, she doesn't. And so oftentimes they're now, I mean, the Bible is clear. It's like Satan get sneaks in your relationship when you're not having sex yeah and i think those Wait walls go what up versus that the what, bible says satan sneaks in your relationship when you're not having sex when it says that the only time that you shouldn't be having sex in uh uh first uh, corinthians 7 mm-hmm. where it talks about um there's a season of fast for a season of fasting yes, but yes. when it says that for, you know i permit this but the devil has a way of of getting into like when you're not having sex it says the devil has a way of, of getting in between you. And I think that's, that's Interesting. where that's, I gotta use that. Ver- it's out of the message translation verse. of like, I gotta find it. Oh, but, um, yeah. Of like, Praise Jesus. when you're not having sex. So it's like, that's that what I've seen is that's where 
a lot of this stuff kind of the fallout. So, so let's talk about that because your some of the projects that you and your wife are working on are starting to minister now to couples. Um, and what is it? Uh, how to have the best sex now? Uh, yeah, best sex life now. Be best best sex life now. Yeah, I stole that from Joel Osteen, by the way. Got <laughs> like I didn't put my face on it, but I was like, Joel Osteen is so friendly and so nice, and his best best whatever he's got that best one. Best life like, now. I was yeah, like, best sex life now. Like, who doesn't want that? Like, you're in the titles, bro. <laughs> you could, you should totally put your face on the book, though. Yeah, that I was like, ah, but, but even best that. sex. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. But it's hard. It's and then because how do you then not have the wife feeling like I am um, since you can't have if I don't if we're not making love, then you go look at porn. And how does that not diminish her view of what lovemaking is in the sense to say you're just using me to deal with your horniness? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I feel like there's this shallow yeah. understanding of sex. And when it's reduced down just a physical transaction, how does she not feel like a cash register? Well, I'm just I'm just fulfilling a transaction here for you. Yeah, no, and that's and, and, and that's where I mean, if we back up and you say, okay, so how does a how does a husband engage with with the wife on this? What guys don't understand is they're and what we tell women, like they're not they're not emotionally connected with the the prostitute, with the massage parlor, with the stripper, with the porn. It's just fulfilling. It's that you know transaction kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. But they're doing that because it's easy. It's, it's like fast food. Like, I, I'm not expecting a steak from McDonald's. They're yeah. expecting a crappy burger. Yeah. Like, that's what this is. It's just a cheap substitute because the real thing no over offense here. offense to all of our McDonald's sponsors. Yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. But so for women, though, <laughs> women see where their mind goes is like, I don't compare. So that, that's where the disconnect. Guys are pursuing mm -hmm. porn for this reason. And then women, when guys see porn, it's like, oh, he cheated on me. He did this. He loves this person, this. So their minds start going, like, what's wrong with me? And they internalize it where a guy's like, hey, I still love you. I just, I, you know, I'm pursuing this. So I think part of the disconnect is for men to see and women to see how this view of what you're doing is actually, like, is being perceived by two different people two different ways. Yeah. So that's what happened. So I've literally, like, I had a woman that's like, I showed him. I gained 130 pounds. And it was like, she's so mad that it's like, I don't even want you to touch me. I'm going to even, you know, gain so much weight. It's like, well, one, you're not proving anything to him and you're hurting yourself. And it's like these walls go up of hurt mm. and pain. Mm. And so I think it's way easier to have any of these conversations with people prior to getting like the porn in, you know, because if I had newlyweds sitting right here yeah. and we could say, hey, guys, what's one thing of advice that you guys could do, you know, before you start chasing? And I would almost say this is like insurance. It's not like you can't ever 100% you know, fair-proof your marriage. Yeah. Like stuff's gonna happen. But I think if we could get better at our communication about sex, about our desire for it, about our need for it, about our wants for it, about mm. what we like about it, and we could talk as couples before tragedy strikes yeah. and go, yeah, like even getting on the same page. Like I spoke at this marriage conference with my wife and we said, my wife's like, I'm just, I was like, get out a pen and paper. I want you guys to write down a number. Guys, write down how many often you want to have sex each week. Women, how many times you want to have sex each week. This conversation isn't that hard. And then my wife's like, we can't have them flip it over. And I was like, yes, like, please, let's do it. She's like, no. Because she's like, that will be put people to, I was like, ah, awkward, who cares? So anyways, we said tonight, <laughs> here's your homework. Go back to your room and all you have to do is flip over your card. Hmm. So if my wife says seven and I say one, I'm like, 
I don't know, get out the calculator, 3.5. Yeah. Just meet in the middle. Yeah. So if I'm, if I'm, because I think that's the thing. Oftentimes in marriage, you're like, well, I thought we were having sex enough. It's like five times a week isn't enough. Well, if somebody's wanting 10 times a week and you're doing five times a week or five times a month, where's the disconnect? So yeah. that idea of like, and it's as simple as like, this isn't about sex at all, but my kids go to school now 20 minutes away in Burbank. I don't, my wife and I were like, let's just make a deal. Twice a week, Craig, you'd take them. Three times a week, I do. So there's just clear expectations yeah. that if I'm gone or whatever, it's fine. But it's just like, hey, if we're here on a we normal a week, this is what, like, there's some flexibility, but we're not missing each other on like, oh, I wish the Craig would do this. And on sex, that number one thing, if you could just go, you know, and I think couples are going, some women are going once a month. I thought that's it. And he's going, man, I'd like once a week. The average couples are having sex less than, um, you know, I think, especially in the church. I think when I talk about best sex life now, people are not having the best sex life now. We couldn't do this for so long. It's so bad. It's so wrong. It's this. And then we get in marriage and we're having sex less than anybody else. And, you know, I think it's, I can't tell you how often you should be having sex. Your partner can. And if you could enable that conversation, mm. I think it, it would solve a lot of your problems. So it's normal. Most Christian couples are having sex how often? Uh, less than once a week. Less than once a week. Yeah. And what's the, what's the ideal... Statistically, what's regular? What's normal? Well, I, that's the thing. I, when I or talk about is, why are like people outside the church, why are my single friends having better sex than than married sex? That's where I go. Okay, why are we having sex once once a week or once a month or treating it like it's a? I mean, literally, friends of mine, because I've seen this, and I'm not going to say you don't have sex, you're going to go to porn, but like I've had friends where it's like, dude, you're in a sexless marriage, you have a roommate. Well, you're going to be susceptible to so much more well, stuff. Well, because the enemy is going to come in. That's where I go back to the, the, the passage. Yeah. We're going, hey, they're, they're going to come after you. So I think what's normal is like whatever, whatever that middle ground is, like, you know, that take off your honeymoon, you know, where you're like, okay, I had this expect, expectation there. But, hey, for us, my wife and I, we say, hey, let's try and have sex every other day. Um, is it on the iCal and does an alarm go off? No, but it's it's one of those like, does it mean I can't have sex twice and you know right. back to back days? No. And but how long have you guys been married? Uh, Nineteen years. And you have kids? Yeah, obviously. Yeah. yeah. And, and now they don't go to bed at seven like they used to. But right. you know, for a while I was like, why do we have to go to bed so early? Well, mom goes to sleep. But and then, then you know, if I had the pinners here, do you know uh, the pinners? Uh, uh, Joyce, uh, pinner, the sex therapist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They they live out in Pasadena. Oh, right. uh, so if I if I had them here, I mean they probably say they're also they're degrees of sex. Like, yes. Right. Like they're like y'all aren't like chandelier swinging sex every other day, but they're probably. But no. I don't know. You no. look you look you look pretty happy. I mean, <laughs> no, I don't. It's funny though when you do a course with your wife that's called Best Sex Life Now. This she would be embarrassed if I say that. Sometimes afterwards we're like that wasn't the best. That was just tired sex. That wasn't the best sex life now. Like, you're like, but because the, the, the book, the, the video yeah. series is less about like the actual act. It's more about I think for us whether you're on a fight, whether you're not connecting. I mean, there's days that with our kids and your kids and life and busy where yeah. you just if you're just constantly missing each other, and you oh, don't. Yeah. Well, there are times when I walk in my house, I can see in my I was like. Yeah, I'm not having sex for three days. I can see it on her face right now. She's so consumed. Yeah. I'm not even going to try. I'm just, I'm, 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 we, we're good. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like you see it's not it's not there. You know what I yeah. mean? It's the, the stress of life, anxiety, whatever. Yeah. And then there's sometimes walk in the house and say, kids, go to bed right now. I yeah. can see it in mom's eye. It's about to be on. Yeah, you know what I mean? She, it's about to. 
But if you could take, if and we've told a couple, I heard this from, from John and, and Jenny Kitna, uh, guy who played in the NFL for years. They were at this marriage conference years ago, and I stole this one, but I think it's some of the best advice I ever, because I did these games. You probably did these games too. You get married, especially early in marriage, and you're as a dude, you're like, yeah, I'm just going to be here, see if she see if she wants this. Yeah. And then you're like, then it's a game. Like, she, I'm going to go to bed and see if she... She pursues me. The initiation. That's and then you're you like, sit there waiting. Yeah, and, and you're doing, like, wait. Yeah. And then you start getting mad. Like, why is she not asking? Like, why is she, she doesn't want to have sex? Like, oh, last I heard, this was good for her. And then you play those games. Yeah. So then I heard them at this marriage conference, and John's just like, you know what, guys? Like, take that initiation off the table, and guys, you lead on this. And I know that's not 2018, correct, whatever. Right. Like, but in a way of just going, hey, guys, don't wait for that. And just part of that initiation or even having those expectations clear. Like for me and Jeanette, it's not like, well, we said every other day, well, dude, you're out of town for two days. Yeah. We're not gonna fight over it, but it's like when you put that expectations, just like when you have a budget and then you go over budget, you're like, okay, well, we had a budget. If you don't have a budget, you don't know if you're over budget. Yeah. You don't know if you're hitting and missing. Yeah. And so for us to be able to go communicate about what we both want and what is obtainable in our life right now, and then if we find ourselves going a week without sex, we know something's off there. Mm -hmm. Because hey, mm -hmm. we've committed to this but man those games early on forget playing that it's like hey let's let's figure out what we're trying to do and yeah some nights i mean i mean my wife didn't stay up late like i do so she'll tell me clearly craig if we wait this long it's just tired sex or it's just this it's just yeah it's still sex but you're like um i'll dig it yeah but, <laughs> uh, i'll come home at one today like in between. Right. but you know schedules and business and i i just find that a lot of people um, and then porn enters the scene or an affair or problems or health, a number of things yeah. in marriage, especially over 19 years. I mean, I dealt with a number of things from work to, and what do you do? You're just like, it takes you out of the game, so yeah. to speak. And yeah. then what you find though is your relationship, if you just get in that kind of roommate, if, if sex brings, it's, it's not just physical, it brings you together yeah. like nothing else you can do. So if you're not having intimate it- intimate connection, yeah. Like you're missing out. And then yeah. if you're not even like, when we were talking about it, I sat with a buddy and um, I just asked him because I'm just curious. Not like this isn't a locker room talk. Yeah. But he'd been married 20 years. You know, Christian conservative. I said, what's your wife's favorite sex position? And he's like, I don't know. So Jenna and I have talked about this a lot. And then I've actually started asking more people about it. Not because like once again, it could. Oh, Craig asked me what you like. Yeah. No, do you even know? And yeah, the fact no. that you don't, like, if you've been doing something, I don't know. Like, I've been going to the gym now for a year. I know what speed I go on on the treadmill. Not very fast still. Like, yeah. I'm a power walker. <laughs> but um, I know what weights I can lift and yeah. not. Because, I, like, before I didn't know. If yeah. I've been having sex for 20 years with one person. And you don't know the favorite position. Yeah, it's like, Jeanette knows what I, I like. I like, you know, cupcakes rather than ice cream. Like, she knows what I like to eat. She so that same idea of like, you don't know your wife and you've never pursued your wife enough to know what she likes, what she doesn't like. Why mm -hmm. are couples, you know, this was, we were talking about, I saw you printed out some of the Fifty Shades of Grey stuff. And, you know, when we watched that, I sat in that movie theater and I watched these 50 year old women from La Cunada. We went to the movie theater there and it was like, they're all drinking their wine and they're all 50. They're all in the third row and it's me and my wife. And I was like watching them and I was just like, what? I wanted to interview them. But I, my wife's already embarrassed because I have a notepad at Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> and, uh, but I'm intrigued. Like, what do you see here that you desire? Mm. And it was just that idea of like, yeah, I don't think Christian Grey is obviously the, the man that everyone desires. But there's something about the, obviously the power of the success. And 
but uh, all that. But when I was, what I think, when we don't know, you know, when your wife doesn't know you, when you don't know your husband, when you don't, when sex is about what I want versus what she wants. Yeah. And if you haven't taken that time, and I think a lot of Christians like me that grew up, you're like, well, is that dirty to say like, hey, I like it like this or no. Like, and it's funny because Ron Jeremy, this porn star that we always joke. And he sat with me and my wife one time and he's like, hey, guys. And granted, like I have access to, to different people and I don't have much of a filter. So I was like, Ron, what's your favorite position? Like you're a porn star. You've had sex with 5,000 women on, on thousands of films. Like what am I missing out on? Like, Cause he's like trying to ask us, have you ever brought in somebody else in your relationship? No, Ron. Could you watch like this film? No, Ron. Like you tell me what's the best. And Ron's literally like joking. He jokes, but he was serious. He goes, my favorite position? And this is from a porn star. He says, well, missionary position. That's the only way you guys can have sex, right? And he throws that joke. I'm like, yeah, Ron, because we're Christians. We can only yeah. do like, yes, yeah, this way. But it was funny to hear from him because cause I could see a girl and make that connection in her eyes. He says that. And he says it where I'm like, you know, Ron, like all this gross stuff, obviously, right. that porn puts out. Like, you need to do this. So like, what am I yeah. missing out on that yeah. you've done? Because I've had sex with one woman. Yeah. You've had sex. And for him to go, you know, make that joke of like, well, it's how you have sex. And I think a lot of Christians think, well, yeah, we can only do this. Yeah. And then it gets so boring or so routine. But when Ron's saying, look, hey, at the end of the day, it's about that connection with somebody. And that's where we have that opportunity in marriage that Ron's never experienced being, mm. you know, single, that we have that opportunity to connect. So to me, it doesn't even matter how crazy it goes or this and that. If you have that connection, but if you can communicate, and um, I think that's where a lot of Christian couples break down of like, I can't tell them what I like. I can't tell her. I can't make any sounds. I can't do that. I can't right. go. And I think, man, this is a good thing. Like, why are we so close? Like, well, God created it. Like, he, like, it's so, it's kind of like redeeming God's vision for sex and the purity and the beauty, but it has to be dealt with in the context of honesty, um, communication, relationship, trust. Like, the best position of sex, the best position with sex is for it to be positioned in a loving, trusting, um, holy relationship. Like, that's the best position for sex. Yeah. You should put that in your book. I bought that dot com already. Redeeming sex. Because I somebody said that. And I was like, that's the whole idea. Redeeming sex. And you own that? Yeah. Because I was like Great. There is I was like, that's a book. Like I gotta like that's better than best Joel Osteen's best what in you know, best best because sex it's, life now. That's what we're trying to do. It's like redeem this conversation. Redeem we gotta, gotta redeem like this is good. Yeah. And I mean the clothes I th I think it, like I said, this doesn't you know, fireproof your marriage from a sense of like you know, porn. There's all this other stuff, noise that's that's kind of brought in. But if you can be there where you're free, you're. Yeah. And all this started for me and my wife. Um, like, you know, we've done Triple X Church. I've done that primarily by my, you know, by myself with our our team. You know, my wife's helped in the background. But we're sitting in a marriage conference, mm -hmm. and it's a weekend to remember. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, weekend to remember. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, and we went because we had a time in our marriage at 13 years. My dad had died, Jeanette got sick. It was just the hell of a year. And so what does my wife do? We need to go to a conference. What does any husband in the world go? Oh, like oh, that crap. screams out we're in trouble. Like, yeah. so at least it was Vegas. I was like, oh, all yeah. right, <laughs> like good food. And it was so funny and so awkward. They're like, be careful when you walk through the casino. <laughs> like, that's why I came. But uh, <laughs> you know, it was one of those like so conservative. 
and there were some good things in there, but the couple that taught through a workshop, and it was just like recited stuff that mm -hmm. somebody else, mm -hmm. they brushed on, they brushed over sex. Mm. And they were like, um, you know, I thought my wife would shave her legs every night when we got married. Huh? Expectations. Like and then no porn talk, no sex talk. So my wife and I were back in the hotel room that night. And we're our, our stuff wasn't about sex. It was just like, man, we're, this is a hard year. Hard. Yeah. So it was, we're sitting there, and my mind kind of goes this way, where I was like, okay, we're going to get through this. But Jeanette, what was wrong with this conference today? Mm. And we're like, I think sex is probably one of the biggest, sex and money, you know, you know these are big issues. Yeah. So I was like, what about if we, and my wife's never been on camera, never been on a stage, always behind the scene. She has a whole different experience with sex than I do. Um, you know, didn't grow up in the church. And so we worked through a lot of that. And I just said, Jeanette, there's one thing that I can never do by myself. Like, I can't start talking about sex by myself. That'd be masturbation. You know, that'd be like, I, which I'll, then leads to the triple X church. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. like, if I do this thing, I think we have an opportunity to be more honest, more real. And what I'm seeing is our audience to triple X church is growing up. They're getting married. They're having kids. And now this stuff is become a problem in their relationship. Why don't we start talking, having it? So mm. I was like, what about if we did this video series? And that's where she's like, she's like, I'll do the video series as long as nobody, I never see a comment. I never want to hear from anybody because there's haters. She doesn't like the critique and criticism. And then nobody is in the room when we film it. Hmm. So the guy came to film it and she's like, well, he can't be here. I was like, well, <laughs> he's just shooting it. Um, and then I surprised her by saying, well, we got asked to speak at a conference. And it was in Hawaii, but she still didn't care. It like ruined like four months of her lives. So oh. Like she's just scared to death. And she's right. like, I don't need to put stuff out there like this. Yeah. But I think she's been willing to do it slowly because she sees so many people that are in pain just over this. So and people. I'm like, look, we don't have the answers. We're not like the sexperts, but it's less about all the stuff that we're in more about communication. Mm, and if people good. can just not be so weird over like, yeah. I'm so shy to ask, like my friend that was in sex therapy forever. It's like, what do you guys talk about if you don't talk about, well, what do you like? What do you don't like? What do you see need to do? What do you need to do? What, what are like, like, what are y'all talking yeah, about? Yeah, and then, you know, we joke even, too, about just just ways to break some of that mundane. My wife said it, and I, I didn't come up with it, but, um, you know, she she said at this conference, like, hotel sex is the best. I'm like, all right. Like, but just yeah. that idea of getting out of the house. and. But it is, what I'm learning is it's like that because the, the hotel room is clean. <laughs> so the room is clean. Everything is done. You don't have to worry about anything. So I was like, every other week, I'm trying to go to a hotel. Yeah. It's like we did experiences for Christmas where I you know, instead of gifts. So I took her to Waco to go to, oh, yeah. you know, because everyone wants to go to Waco. No, for the Joanna Gaines house flipper thing. The, uh, yes, yes, the silos. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, okay, we'll go to Waco. But uh, she's like, all she literally got me, she's like, oh, we'll go stay at a nice hotel in L.A. She's like, I don't care. It can be Ontario. Like, it's just the <laughs> A-loft in Ontario is fine. It's 3,000 points. Like, that's better. <laughs> but it's just like <laughs> sex weekend. I don't need to get on a plane. Right, you know, it was right, just right, this idea of like, and, and I think if you could just get there and be that free and have yeah. those conversations, that's where it's it's just. Uh, but if you don't and you have those things, and I think ultimately for men, if women knew that men like ultimately do desire you, this yeah. other stuff is in our face and it's over the top. And, yeah, they'll click on it. But it's like they want they want, they, you. They want you. And it's yeah. like they're not comparing. We're not comparing you with with this. Yeah. And but, yeah, but we're bombarded with all these things. And. Yeah. I know, too, it's like we live in that world where it's like, oh, well, you can't even, uh, uh, you know, when you have the separation of men and women, it's like, oh, well, 
No, I'm not talking about equal pay, and I'm not talking about these things that. But men's brains are wired differently than women. Yeah. I mean, you men, you walk out of the shower, do a dance by, and see if your wife even looks up from like house flipper show that she's watching. Right. And you're right. like, your wife walks out of the shower. I don't care if you're in the middle of like a conference call. It's on mute, and you're like, hello. And it's like sometimes it's just that even that one difference of like men being so visually yeah stimulated like it took me five years in my marriage to finally say like obviously Jeanette and I are way more comfortable now five years into hey Jeanette why don't we have sex with the lights on like that'd be way more fun well why is that hard for a woman because obviously they're like there's a lot there but guys I'm like gosh I don't need sleep in the dark like I don't need all the windows open but it'd be sure nice to like have some lights on here like this is and so (laughs) I remember writing that in a book with Shanti Feldhahn, and I remember the editor was like, you can't say that to women. Like, that's going to bring up all these emotions. What, that your husband wants to see you naked? Yeah. Like, these yeah. are good things, yeah. but it's it brings out some hard things for people. Wow. But if you can get through that stuff, talk, communicate. This stuff's not rocket science. Yeah, communication is a big deal. That's a big piece. Um, we have something that we do at our church called Question of the Day, where we ask uh, our congregation a question, they turn around and they answer the question. I want to close every episode with the question of the day, but I got a whole list of them. So this is rapid fire. Right, Just hit me back uh, with your Will you do any thought. of these at church on a Sunday? Would I do any of these? Yes. Okay, I think great. we've done them all. Uh, there's one that we, w- that we won't do on Sunday <laughs> This morning. is better than the, the meet good. and greet, the fake yeah. shake hands stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we go deeper than yeah, the fake good. shake hands. <laughs> we give them about five minutes. Um, if you could join any musical ensemble in history, which would it be? Bon Iver. Mmm, nice. What is something that everyone else loves that you think is overrated? Um, I was just going to say This Is Us. Um, there you go. No, 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 any, that's a good one. Any, that's a good any, one. any sitcom. I've never watched any sitcoms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This Is Us. That's a good one because everyone loves it. Um, what other profession did you consider pursuing? Uh, selling baseball cards. Hmm. Then Pogs came out. <laughs> what is something you're bummed that you're still bad at? That I'm bummed that I'm still bad at? Yeah. Like, man, it sucks that I'm still bad at this. I'm not good at this. I, I'd say balance. Still yeah. shutting off. Being yeah. able to, to not stop. That's good. What is something you used to say that you don't say anymore? Bounce your eyes. Bounce your eyes? You don't say that anymore? No. Why not? I, I mean, I think it's... it's. Tell people what bounce your eyes well, is. Well, I think like the Everyman's Battle original book that came out and everyone's, oh, I gotta bounce my eyes. But it's just like, then we're walking, like, you know, the more I've read and studied about the brain, it's just like, no, there's a reason why. And I'm not saying to stand and gawk, but I right. think that idea is like, that's not... It's like giving me a prescription, but not telling me what's wrong with me. Mm. And I think, you know, just saying that, it's like, oh, I'm trying to bounce my eyes, bounce my eyes. And then it's like, gosh, like you get nothing else done today. You just be constantly bouncing. Well, because it all depends on where you are. If you bouncing everywhere you bounce, there's something else there. You know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah, but I think saying that as a way of like that could actually help you, where I'd rather say, well, what, what, you know, asking the the little deeper questions. Mm, That's really good. That's really good. what is something you pray about a lot that you don't talk about often? 
Gosh, that's this. You have the face that, like, you, you look like you know what it is. I know what it is. Yeah, if I even say it. Yeah, yeah. no, I think because it's, wow. Um, I think you and I have this position where we're, we get asked a lot of questions out of our lane. Mm -hmm. Because, oh, we, you know, it's like, I remember back in the day when Larry King would have a pastor, you know, Rick Warren or Joel mm -hmm. Stein. Then you throw all this stuff at him because it's like, oh, mm -hmm. well, they speak on all our behalfs. And mm -hmm. I think we're in this day and age now where it's like, man, I've, I've been able to talk about marriage and I've been able to talk about porn and I don't talk about a lot about theology, these other things. So I think a lot of things I wrestle with internally, um, one is like that lately has been like the, the presence of, of the Lord's voice, like the things that I'm hearing. Mm. And then my struggle is like, what what is a, you know, career suicide versus what is stuff for me and what is stuff for mm -hmm. others. And yeah. I think for us, like even recently I shared something and it was just like my wife's, why do you think you're supposed to share these things? And I go, well, I mean, you speak on a stage every Sunday, whether you're reading my books, writing our blogs or video series, everything I share is out of my experience. So I, I wrestle with, it's always come through that. And then mm -hmm. sometimes it's like, no, you need to sit on this one a mm -hmm. while. Um, and then, yeah, what's the Lord doing and what's next? Yeah. And so all, I think those things that you pray about, but you don't talk about. Them. Yeah. Where I, I, I initially go to, oh, is that a book? Is that this? Or yeah. do I? And then my wife's like, dude, we just started that with our family. Like, don't tell anyone. Yeah. Like, we don't even know that sucks. Like, yeah. you're yeah. so quick to like think you have to share that. Where So lately I've, I've been sitting on a lot of things, mm. writing more than I've probably ever written in my life, more different notepads of random thoughts. Mm. Um, and I've even started voice recording myself talking and saving those notes. And like on this day, this is what I'm thinking. And so mm. somehow, you know, eventually if that stuff plays out. But right now it's like I feel like there's more coming, more that I'm wrestling with that I don't have a place for. Mm. But then, you know, because then you go, man, no, I'm supposed to just be here right yeah. now. And, um, you know, if I got to speak on, well, I wouldn't want to. Like I don't have 52 talks. But, you know, if I had that opportunity every week and an I had to come up yeah. with content all the time, like yeah. on different topics. But right now I don't, I don't have that place that I'm like, this is just for me. Yeah. And maybe it stays for me. Um, maybe eventually it's for somebody else. So that interesting. Very interesting. When was, um, when was the last time you had to say, I'm sorry? Uh, on the way here. <laughs> uh, yeah. On the way here to my wife, like mm. I, you know, my wife's worked for us for so many years, and um, I work with a number of people and staff and different things. And, you know, when your wife's staff, but, like, she's still your wife, but it's like, okay, who's right here? Like, you yeah. did something wrong, but, like, you're my <laughs> wife. But it's like, then it's just like, why is it a big deal? Well, because it's like this job, like, you know, so yeah, yeah. just owning it. Like, mm. I think every day, like, trying to be better at owning. Yeah, it's like how you communicate, how, you, how you, you suck it up when you're, when you're wrong. Yeah. But yeah, all the, all the time. That's good. What is something that is often misunderstood about you? Shock value. Like, I think early on, I mean, I told you, we could talk, you know, you can read and Google crazy things I've done. And to me, I'm more calculated and think through stuff, especially at 42 than obviously at 26. But 
like, yeah, I'm not going to roll something out that's going to ruin our ministry. You know, like, yeah. but I think people just think, like, oh, you, is that, and I think I don't have much of a filter. And part of doing Triple X Church is like, gosh, if we can't say this, who can? Yeah. So I don't, I, I, I when I hear that, oh, you just do that for sh- shock value. It's like, no, there's, there's a point. Like, us doing this stunt at a youth pastor convention, yeah, it's shocking it got your attention, but there's a specific point that we want to talk about these things. And it's a serious point. And yeah. when you talk about sex and you talk about porn, like, it's just naturally in your face. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's not, I think people think that, like, oh, that's just for the tabloids or this or, or a headline. And yeah. yeah, there's some, some things that, but even that, it's like there, there's a reason because if, you know, if we can get in and, and get our message out, like, mm-hmm. you got to squeeze figure out those areas that you can yeah, where you can come navigate, in and make an impact. But no, that's good. Um, where's a, uh, what's an area in your leadership where you're still growing as a leader? Letting, letting go mm-hmm. of, um, I wouldn't say perfectionist, but like I've got, like I've led the charge. I've got a way of doing things. And as you involve more staff and more people, and if I hold that too tight, like, you know, and and don't let them fail. Mm. Um, so lately, I just on a conference call yesterday, our team, Michelle, who's worked for me for 13 years, now they're making fun of me because they're like, my classic response lately has been your call, your call, your call, Carl. So Michelle repeated, your call, Carl. And I was like, guys, that's way better than like four years ago of me like, oh, no, it's my way. Yeah. And now it's almost like they've expected that for so long. And mm. it's just like, wait, I got to figure this out. Yeah. Like you take that. Hmm. And I think me constantly going, man, I don't I, I want you guys to, to 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 be in this just as much as me. And yeah, I don't I don't know. Uh, I don't want to be the one like making all the decisions, saying it's got to be my way. Like no one wants to be on that team either. That's so good. I think um, that's that's been hard. I that's mean, good. obviously, uh you know, to involve a team in your decisions versus like, because yeah. I got strong opinions and, you know, but yeah. That's good. Uh, last one. Uh, what's your favorite cuss word? <laughs> favorite cuss word? Oh, gosh. Uh, so, <laughs> there's a bunch. Um, <laughs> so, my wife said, hey, can we not cuss? She didn't cuss. She's like, can we not? I think it's just like trashy. Can you not like cuss? And my son's at the point where he listens to a lot of music and I don't care that much about language, but we're having this debate in the house because it's like, Craig, it's, I think it's just like, it's just classless and whatever. But um, I, there's certain words. I would say that I, <laughs> it's not even a cuss word, but I do, and it's um, like, as guys, like, especially some of my friends that are athletes calling each other eggs for some reason, I wouldn't even say that's a, a cuss word, but. Uh. That's like, or that's she like for some reason, oh, I, I, I think that so my wife doesn't like that one, but I would never say that to her. But some of these guys, some of these other guys, it's just funny. But uh, I, that's that's been a favorite. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> which. Uh, yes, Craig Gross. <laughs> that's a good one, dude. Thanks, bro. <laughs>